Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest is the co-owner and chief operating officer at Raise Lemonade. The company is family and veteran owned and operated. And despite the fact that this past couple of years have been challenging with supply chain issues, labor issues, and downward pressure on the cannabis industry, the company has observed 300% growth year over year for the past three years. And so without further ado, Rodney Boast, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, me too. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here, Rodney. So, man, I mean, you guys have been doing incredible things at Raise Lemonade, and I want to jump into that in a little bit. But first, can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the cannabis industry in the first place, and also what your journey looked like getting to where you are today with the company, the brand, and the business? Well, that's a lot to unravel. We could talk three hours about that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do um, it. So, um, you know, I was a government guy, right? I was military. I worked for OSHA. I worked for Homeland Security. Retired out of the VA. 30 years of government employment. Cannabis was not on my radar at all. It wasn't anything that I thought about. Uh, somewhere along the way, I met uh, Raymond and Daniel Kenny, and, and they make the Raised Lemonade. They're the founders of our brand. Um, and through that process, I just was intrigued. And they were intrigued to have me come to work with them in 2019. Um, I started visiting the farm in 2018. Uh, 2019, they they made me an offer uh, to come to be a part of the team and and did so. In in 2019, we had four employees and we were making about 85,000 bottles of lemonade a year at that time. And we were also growing flour up until that point. So in, in 2019, we made the decision to get out of flour altogether and focus on the lemonade. So uh, as far as, you know, my journey getting there, it's... It, 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 it wasn't anything I planned on, but it's been a beautiful ride, you know, for sure. Um, today, you know, we have over over 50 employees and we're, we're turning out about 250,000 bottles a month of our lemonade and uh, doing great things. That's really cool. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the beverage sector uh, within cannabis. So I've heard so many, as, as it's kind of been developing and unraveling, there's been a lot of really, really cool products out there. Um, I don't know that many of us have ever even considered. I know I haven't. Um, you know, typically back in the day, the only thing you really knew was, you know, people rolling up, smoking, token, and that's about it. Right. But sure. to think that, okay, now we've taken this and turned it into a beverage that people can consume kind of like a beer or like a cocktail and somewhat, um, it's super interesting. So what's been your take on the, the beverage industry or the, the sector, I should say, um, and how have you kind of seen it evolve over the years? Sure. You know, really, it's still in the infancy, right? Um, the, the beverage segment makes up about 1.6 or 1.4, depending on what day you look at it, of the total cannabis market share in the United States. Hmm. So it's a very small piece of the pie. So some people kind of look at it and think, well, it's really not that interesting. But the beverage sector is growing at a rapid rate faster than some of the other segments. We, we are growing close to 20% a year, depending on who you talk to. Um, in what reports you read, you know, it's between 20 and 35% uh, compound annual growth rate every year for the next five, 10 years. So um, I think there's a lot of upside potential in the beverage side of things in every, every format of beverage, you know, there's, it's not that competitive yet. It's getting more competitive by the day. More brands are realizing, Hey, this is a, this is a good segment to be in. <clears throat> we're really pleased with where we're at in the segment, Washington, you know, we, we've grown that segment 2% ourselves. Washington has the highest cannabis uh, beverage segment share of a cannabis market than any other state in the that's legal or uh, rec or medical right now at, at 3.1, 3 3.2% 3 market share of total cannabis market share. 
So it's uh, it's been fun to watch it grow and see just how rapidly it is growing, you know, across the board, every category. You know, you look at Michigan, you know, they're, they're a brand new market. You know, I say brand new, but they're a newer market. Their market share is growing. It's doubling every year. You know, it's a uh, it's pretty, pretty fun, pretty fun time to be in it. I, I equate it to we're just coming out of prohibition, right? In all factors yeah. of cannabis. Yeah, totally. So how, like, so how do you guys actually go about that, that growth? And how do you kind of just piggyback off of that and get into the right places and get in front of the right people at the right time to, to propel that growth that you guys have been experiencing? We were really blessed um, early on in, in 19, um, you know, first of all, I'd say it started in 2015 with, with Ray and Dan Kenny and, and Ray's wife, Gu Yong. Um, she's our PhD food scientist. She's amazing. Um, they developed a rock solid beverage to start with. So I had a great foundation when I came in there for all of us to work on together. Um, that, that, um, and I'm so sorry, uh, Mike, the, there's so much to digest there. Hmm. That, that beverage that they started with was so fantastic, but it allowed us to release more SKUs. We started with eight SKUs. We rapidly jumped to 20 SKUs, and now we're sitting around 35 SKUs. So wow. to have have a, have a gas pedal I could always step on to get more product into market has been very helpful. But I think what really made Ray successful was the quality of the beverage. Ray insisted and Guyong insisted that if we're going to put a beverage in market, that we want it to taste excellent. We have to have something that every time somebody drinks it, they say, wow. So when you talk about um, how we got in front of people, it was word of mouth. People would try the beverage. They'd share it with their friends. They'd share it with friends. And next thing you know, you know, we're selling a quarter million bottles of lemonade a month. You know, it's a, it's been a pretty, pretty crazy thing. Word of mouth. We had put no money in marketing. We didn't even go down that road at all. Um, we just continued to get to perfect what we do as a beverage company in our yeah. emulsion. We in-house emulsion ourselves. So that's, that's impressive. Cause I mean, they're, you, it's almost like, you know, every single company out there, every brand, they're trying to just break through the white noise and they're doing everything they can. And a lot of times the, the word of mouth marketing, it's, it's tried and true, but it's so tough to actually get to, to, to truly work for you. It's so true. And in, in marketing, you know, you could spend a ton of marketing on, and it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You know, we see companies do that. And, uh, you know, kudos to the ones that have the budget for it. We surely don't. We're, we're growing this company at a rapid rate, but really growing through one bottle of lemonade sold at a time. You know, we don't have deep pockets. We're a small mom and pop operation. So, yeah, no, I know. I, I love the bootstrap mentality, just that grit, that determination. So let's talk a little bit about the, the actual products. Um, I know Ray's, of course, has lemonade, but can you talk, tell us a little bit about some of the flavors, um, some of the skews and even some of the the ways and or the the offerings are kind of been built and designed and engineered to really stand out and give consumers a diff, a totally different experience than what they might from some of the other beverage products on the market. Absolutely, we, we you know we started with just regular original lemonade, just a cartless, lightly carbonated lemonade that was delicious. We moved into a, a strawberry lemonade, um, a blood orange lemonade, and a huckleberry lemonade, and we kind of sat in that area for about three years. Um, 2019, we started launching stuff like mango and dragon fruit and pineapple and uh, tropical uh, tropical Kush and and uh, which is a citrus based and and then we have uh, gosh, there's there's so many. There's uh, there's one that we call Tiger's Blood. This watermelon and coconut and strawberry that's delicious. That sounds that, amazing. The 12 ounce bottle was really great for us. 
we started doing a CBD version of the drink as well. So we'd have 100 milligrams of THC and then 100 milligrams of CBD. We had some lower dose options. Um, that was kind of where we were. We were sitting there hot for a minute and happy with where we're at. And we realized there's a whole group of population that can't have all that sugar. They just don't want the sugar. They want the have diabetics. People are just trying to cut sugar out in general. So we went to a all natural sweetened. Um, we call a diet version or a light version of a three skews of the beverage that did really well for us as well. And the 12 ounce version um, and similar to like a Mike's hard lemonade, long neck, you know, glass bottle in 2021, um, we moved to a, a shot or a, a 1.75 fluid ounce or a 50 milliliter um, shot with hundred milligrams of cannabis in it. And for anybody that hasn't uh, tried to take that on yet, it's hard to make a hundred milligram beverage and that small of a format tastes good. Um, hard to get the bitter out, hard to get the cannabis taste out. And uh, somehow Dr. Wu has, has nailed that over and over again. So we now have 12 flavors in our little, in our little line, you know, we went from original to strawberry to pineapple and mango and kiwi and tiger's blood. And it just, it goes on and on. And there's, she just keeps rocking it out. We have some uh, one-to-one flavors of that, that are 50 milligrams of THC, 50 milligrams of CBD. That's pretty popular as well. And, uh, one one of the great things that I that I love about um, Dr. Wu is she has a very deep R and D pipeline. So we're in a, a cool position where we have people that acknowledge they love the brand and they're waiting for what's next. So when we drop a new SKU, be it an iced tea SKU um, or maybe a new brand, you know, we're we're in a in a position right now. We're going to be dropping new brands into the Washington market this year, and California market will get some new brands from us this year. We have three or four brands that are completely developed and ready to go. We just need time, space, and money to make it all work, right? That's amazing. I'm congratulations to you and the entire team. And I got I gotta ask, one of the things that, that's been going through my mind is how do you guys actually go through the whole R and D process of taste testing everything? Are you like are you are you a part of that? Or is it just a couple people on the back end who are very like scientific with it? How does that actually go? I'm super fascinated by it. So Dr. Wu spent a lot of time mastering taste paneling. So we have a panels of people that taste the beverage internal and external when we're doing a new product. We may get three or four versions of a drink um, hmm. and decide we don't like any of them. And so she's back to the drawing board or we'll wow. get two that we really like and think, you know, we might want to tweak it, add a little bit of this, a little bit of that to get the flavor stronger, a little bit less sugar or whatever it may be and perfect it unless we have 100% buy-in on the flavor of the drink, it doesn't leave our building. We don't we don't produce it. So that's amazing. Are you are you a part of the the taste test taste test experience? I am, I am, but I'm, I'm probably the worst guy because I have such a low tolerance. You know, everybody has a different tolerance. Obviously, um, I'm a five to ten milligram person, and you start doing a lot of tasting, it better be uh, probably at the comfort of my home. So, <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the um, about the shot? And how that works and how people, even like yourself, who maybe just don't necessarily want to feel like they're blasting off to Mars, um, how do they actually go about using it? And I don't know, dosing is the right word for me to use, but you know, making sure that they get the right, the right dosage and the right strength and don't go overboard or underboard. Yeah, that's a great question. I love it when people ask me that one. You know, we have legacy users that will drink two or three bottles at a time, which I, I you know, kudos to them. I, I surely can't do that. And we have people like myself that, you know, are five milligrams and everything in between. It's important with any cannabis beverage or cannabis product, edibles, et cetera, to understand what your dose is or know your dose. You know, if you know that, hey, I'm a 10 milligram person, I know I can eat a gummy. I know I can eat 
a serving of a, of a 100 milligram beverage that has a 10 milligram dosing mechanism on it or some sort. Um, but to understand where you're at, on our little raised bottle, the cap on the bottle is actually a dosing mechanism. So it, it's five milligrams per cap. Very cool. And so there's there's 20 servings in a bottle. So for the low dose person, they may take a cap full and they may drink it directly out, you know, out of the cap. They may put it in another drink or might put it in a, a seltzer water, their choice of how they want to consume it. Um, and, and again, the legacy guys, you know, they're, they're knocking them back. They're, they're drinking the whole darn thing. Uh, so, but knowing your dose is so incredibly important. And I tell people when they start out in a cannabis beverage, it's, it's a really fun segment to try. Cause it's not, you know, it's, uh, there's still some, you know, some fo the folks out there that just don't care for the smell of cannabis. They don't want it around them. Mm -hmm. So you go to a public setting, oh, that guy smells like cannabis. The nice thing about edibles and beverages is it really is discreet. So mm -hmm. that that little bottle um, that we make will will fit in a purse. It'll fit in a pocket. It goes anywhere with you. Uh, you can take it to a family outing and and nobody would ever know that you, you you're using the product, which is pretty, pretty great. But I think it's really important people understand not to overdo it. Um, a legacy user, if they try a five milligram or 10 milligram serving, they're going to think, well, what's the point? Am I, why am I even doing this? And oppositely, if you take somebody with a low dose and you give them a whole bottle, they're going to be overwhelmed. It's not intended, you know, to drink in one setting. I know people do that. That's surely their right to do that. And they know what they can handle. But if a consumer drinks five milligrams of, a, of our Little Ray's product and they're a new consumer, I'd ask them to just pause there, see what happens today. Did they get the effect that they wanted? Did they feel it? Did they feel overwhelmed? If they felt overwhelmed, they come back down from that. If they didn't get enough, don't drink more today. Wait till the next time you're going to consume cannabis and maybe try 10 milligrams. And they keep doing that till you kind of zone in what your dose is. And once you know what your dose is, it helps you across the board, whether it's an edible or a beverage, whatever you're going to do in that realm. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And I've heard so many people um I think the phrase the phrase is go low and slow or something like that. Um yeah. and so you can always add more, but you can't necessarily go back in time and reverse what you just drank or what you just ate. So I definitely think that's some some good advice you just gave there. Yeah, and everybody metabolizes it differently too, you know. So where I may feel it um relatively quickly and you know the drinks are the drinks are getting so much better in the industry with, you know, nano emulsions and and mm -hmm. the things that they're doing to to make it have a rapid onset, there, it still may tell, take some people longer to feel the effect. And a big mistake new users make is they drink it and think, well, I didn't have enough, I guess, because I don't feel anything. And they drink more. And really, it was just a delayed onset for them. And so they drink more. And now they're, now they're in a situation where they may not feel that pleasant. You know? Yeah. And I mean, funny enough, the same thing happens with alcohol, too. Different people metabolize it differently. And so somebody you know, maybe a beer or two deep. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm fine. And then they just have one more and it sets them over the edge, whatever that number is. And it's like, all right, here we go. So I think, yeah. you know, taking that same, that same caution with cannabis beverages is, is such a must. And one thing I wanted to ask too, this got me, this got me thinking the, the feedback that people are giving you guys after they have, let's say a full bottle of, of raised lemonade, is it similar to how you may feel after drinking a beer where it's not necessarily going to be something that hits you all at once, but it's kind of a slow and gradual feeling if you're drinking it fairly regularly and kind of allowing yourself to, to have about, let's say an hour or 45 minutes to drink the entire bottle. Yeah. You know, every, that's a tough question to answer because everybody is different. When you mentioned drinking the whole bottle, um, you know, there's, 
you know, my daughter, for instance, she's she's a smaller girl. She's weighs 130 pounds and she can drink two or three bottles and be fine. Wow. But I would never recommend a New Year's to try that. You know, that would yeah. that would be something that would be a big deal for them. Um, everybody. What your question was, is what the feedback is when they drink a whole bottle. It varies. People are like, wow, you know, it really was a great relaxing high. It came on mm-hmm. for most people. It comes on, you know, 15 minutes or so and and wow. it gradually builds to a point. And then as your body metabolizes the cannabis, you know, you may feel that effect for three or four hours or longer in some cases, depending how you metabolize the cannabis. So it's a there's not a real great direct answer to that question. Everybody is different in how they're going to uh, how it's going to affect them. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. Um Ray, I wanted to also kind of pick your brain a little bit about what people, especially people that are interested in beverages and are in markets where raised lemonade is available. Um, where where is raised lemonade at, and what can people kind of expect from the brand uh, over the next, let's say, six to 12, 18 months? And what should they they keep their eyes out open for? So currently, we're we're producing drinks in Washington. Uh, we started. We bottled our first batch of drinks in California today, which is really exciting for us. That's Congratulations! Been a, a dream for a couple of years. We started on a blank piece of ground and built the building, and and uh, hopefully we'll be in market here in the next uh, next fourteen to twenty days. That's going to be pretty exciting for everybody. I hope. Um, so retail cannabis stores in Washington, there's 460 stores and we sell to about 455 of them. So we have about 95% market penetration in the state of Washington. If you go to a cannabis store, you're probably going to find raised lemonade in that store. Um, Canada just started production for us. Um, the Ontario Provincial Board placed their first order. It'll be on the shelves in May in, uh, in Ontario. So that's exciting. And then Michigan is slated to be online in summer. So um, great, great time, uh, great time for growth for us. A lot of exciting things going on. That's great news. Uh, Rodney, before I let you go here, I always like to ask guests, you know, what's one thing that you feel like you've learned by being in the cannabis industry that, you know, looking back on it, you might say to yourself, I probably wouldn't have learned this if I were in a more traditional industry. Wow. Just, um, the one, the takeaway of the people industry, the people are uh, beautiful people. It's, it's a very kind it's a very kind group of folks in this in this industry for sure. Um, what I've learned in this industry, wow! The, the, probably the number one thing I've learned is I don't know what I don't know. There's so many things coming at us on a daily basis. Every regulation in every state is different for packaging and dosing. Um, there's a lot of um, you know the people are questioning the high dose drinks versus low dose drinks, and I, I equate it to alcohol. You know, low dose drinks to me are like like beer. Um, you know, going to have a beer, a high dose drink is like a Jack Daniels. And, mm. you know, you may need a couple low dose drinks to get you to where you want to be. And you may need just a little bit of a high dose drink to get to where you want to be. People would never go out and just slam a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I don't they advise them to do that with a high dose drink unless they know what their tolerance is for sure. Um, but I think that the one, the, the biggie for me is just, uh, you just don't know what you don't know. Stick stick to what you know and get better at it, right? Um, find, find a lane, stay in it. Don't try to take on too many things at once. Don't expand beyond where you're finding success until you're sure you can handle that. Mm-hmm. You can stretch yourself pretty thin. Um, taking on other categories within the cannabis sector, you know, and some companies can pull it off. They have they have big, uh, big staff and they can do it. You know, for the little guys, I tell you, find what you do well and perfect it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And so many successful entrepreneurs would probably, you know, echo that 
that same message right there. Um, so Rodney, thanks again for joining us today. This was this was awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time just to let us in on some of the secrets behind Raise Lemonade and kind of what you guys are up to. If people want to learn more about the brand, um, some of the products where they can access them or just connect with you, what's the best way for them to do so? So, of course, I'm on LinkedIn and people can email me at uh, Rodney at RaiseLemonade.com. They're welcome to do so. Um, the uh, I'm so sorry. You just asked me two questions there and, and I, I got a little sidetracked there. Uh, Repeat your question for me, please. For uh, people that want to check out more on Raise Lemonade, what's the best way I'm sorry, for them so to yes. learn more? You're good. You're yeah, good. so our, our website, raiselemonade.com, um, mm-hmm. you can find us there. You can find us on uh, Instagram, uh, and I mentioned LinkedIn already. So you can. the cool thing about our website, as it gets developed into Washington and Oregon and wherever else we go, it'll tell you where you can find a ball of Raise nearest you if you're in a state that we sell it. So Perfect. I think most people, that's exactly what they're going to be looking for after this episode. So. Appreciate the heads up. Rodney, thanks again. Really appreciate you you having me. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna mom show and we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals healthcare providers policy advocates caregivers moms by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness wisdom and hope i am so grateful to have found my tribe of canna podcasters right here on pod connex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together